Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has gathered us here in Salat al-Fajr on this day, that he also gathered us in Jannat al-Firdaus al-A'la, that he has protected us from so many sins to be praying Fajr, that he protects us from sins throughout our life and protects us from the, uh, from the fire of hell. Uh, today, inshallah, I recited uh, in Salat al-Fajr the famous dua that you're all familiar with. It is the dua of Musa alayhi salam. And uh, inshallah, I thought I'd share some uh, reflections and comments about this dua and the beauty of this dua. We've all memorized it, heard it so many times. So what is the context of this dua and what are the benefits we can extract and how can we use this in our daily lives? The story of Musa alayhi salam is of course well known. And one of the things we notice throughout the Quran is that Musa alayhi salam is constantly making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even, you know, before becoming a prophet. Because of course Musa was raised upon the faith of Yaqub. He was a Muslim, obviously. He was raised upon Tawheed and knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then of course he became a prophet uh, in the incident that we, we heard in Surah uh, Taha. So even, you know, growing up, you know, when he uh, committed the mistake, he asked Allah's forgiveness and he said Inni so he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when he was fleeing outside uh, of Egypt and he was wandering uh, he didn't know where he was going and so he said oh Allah you know find the best way for me and help me along this way when he is in Madian and he doesn't know where to go he says so we see constant dua in the story of Musa alayhi salam and from this we learn that we as well you know some of us we have this notion we only make dua you know, after salah, we raise our hands and make dua to Allah. No, when we sit in our car, we make dua. When we're waiting in line, we make dua. When we have any engagement, anything important, as we're walking there, we will make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dua is something that doesn't require a particular place, a particular state, a particular direction. You make dua whenever, however you are. And of course, it's good to make dua in the masjid and upon wudu, and that's excellent. But dua can and should be done at all times. So we see this in the story of Musa. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appoints him a prophet and he gives him a task that is almost impossible. The greatest superpower on earth which is Egypt at the time. And you have Fir'aun himself who says he is God. And he has his armies and he has his minions and he has an entire empire. And Allah says to Musa, you single-handedly are going to go back to the very land that you fled from. Walk to the very palace that wants to kill you and single-handedly take on the entire infrastructure structure of that pharaonic regime so Musa alayhi salam has been tasked with what others would think is impossible and what is the first thing that he does he makes this dua so dua is indeed our weapon it is what we turn to when we need something we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala via the mechanism of dua when the impossible was handed to Musa the first thing he did he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he begins, of course, by using the names of Allah. Qala Rabbi, my Rabb. And Rabb is one of the most powerful names to use in a dua. And that is why in the Quran and Sunnah, Rabb is the most common name that is used in the dua genre overall. Because Rabb gives a meaning and a connotation that, Oh Allah, you are my creator, my protector. You are the one who is going to help me. Rabb also is tarbiyah, to take care of and to nourish. Rabb is the Lord and master. Rabb is the 
originator. Rabb is the one in charge of. So, Ya Rabb, you're in charge. I'm not in charge. Ya Rabb, I have no other Rabb besides you. If you don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? Ya Rabb, you brought me here. You created me. So I'm turning back to you. So Rabbi, you are my Rabb. This is one of the most powerful names and it can be used in any dua. Allahumma and Rabbi are the two most common names used in dua and they can be used in any dua without any condition. Every other name of Allah, you choose the name that is appropriate for the dua. Kareem, Mannan, Rahman, Aziz. You choose the, whatever you're asking, you find the names that fit that. But Allahumma and Rabbi, they are universal for any need of yours in this dunya and the next. And especially when you are in need of Allah's protection and in need of Allah's rahmah and in need of Allah's safety. Rabbi. So he says, Qala Rabbi. Uh, that li uh, sadri. Now, Sharah al-Sadr is of course a common motif of the Quran. Very common in the Quran. Uh, that right? So the concept of Sharah al-Sadr, everything begins inside the heart. The task is outside, but you begin inside because you need to have the right frame of mind. You need to have iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to have sabr, tawakkul, yaqeen. Any task outside will not be made easier if inside you have, you have nothing. You begin with the inside and you begin by having that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this also shows us, you know, life is going to be difficult. Musa is going to walk in to literally the, the palace of Fir'aun. There's going to be problems and difficulties. He'd better have the sakina, the tama'nina. He'd better have the iman, the taqwa to be able to overcome the problems of this dunya. So everything begins inside. Sharah al-Sadr means, oh Allah, make my heart comfortable with yaqeen, with ikhlas, with iman. Make my heart full of, of, of belief in you. That's what sharh al-Sadr means over here. And of course, there's also a concept of peace because the opposite of sharh al-Sadr is dhiq al-Sadr, to make the heart discontent, to make the heart narrow, to make the heart feel constrained. So sharh al-Sadr, your heart is at ease. Dhiq al-Sadr, your heart is not at ease. You are in palpitation. You are in nervousness. And this also shows us one of the main mechanisms to battle grief and anxiety and stress is sharh al-sadr. It's not the only mechanism. I've given a khutbah about depression. Sometimes depression is more than spiritual. But there's no question that spirituality helps us to overcome many of the problems of this world. And so Musa makes dua to Allah. Oh Allah, make my heart firm. I'm going to face Fir'aun himself. I need to have that internal strength. And that's why our Prophet himself, Allah says, Didn't we make your heart so firm? You are certainly upon that level of iman and taqwa that you're going to face all of these difficulties. And Sharh al-Sadr was done, as we know, when he was a child and also when he went up to Isra al-Miraj twice. Our Prophet literally, his heart was taken out, cleansed and put back in. This is Sharh so Musa makes that dua. Qala rabbi sadri. Everything begins inside. Then amri. This is a comprehensive dua. And our Prophet used to love comprehensive du'as. The best du'a is you ask the maximum in the least amount of words. Don't specify. Ask the maximum. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Leave it unconditional. Anything that's hasana, I want it. Wa fil akhirati hasana. Anything that's uh, uh, good in the akhirah, I want it. So this is what we call an unconditional du'a. You make a generic, general du'a. Oh Allah, make my life easy. Oh Allah, make my path easy. 
This is a very general dua. And the beauty here, it shows you trust in Allah that He knows what is best. It is uh, narrated in uh, the book uh, in Abu Dawood that one of the tabi'un, he made a dua to Allah that, Oh Allah, grant me the first palace on the right-hand side as soon as I enter Jannah. And I want a white palace and whatnot. So, you know, his father, the Sahabi, said to him, Ya Bunay, Ask Allah for Jannah and Allah will give you what is best in Jannah. You don't have to specify I want the, this, on this street, turn left here. Leave it to Allah, He'll give you what is best. Okay? So this is a child asking. So the father says, Yeah, when I ask Allah for Jannah and you will get everything that is best in Jannah. We don't specify when we don't need to specify. The best du'as are generic du'as. Oh Allah, I ask the best of this dunya. Oh Allah, give me the best career. Oh Allah, grant me the best children. You make generic du'a so that the maximum can come. And here, after making dua to make the inside easy, the heart, make it strong, then he makes a dua to make the outside easy. amri. You have given me a task, O oh Allah. You have given me a task that would be deemed impossible. But as our Prophet ﷺ in his dua used to say, Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahlan. Oh Allah, nothing can be made easy unless you make it easy. So, oh Allah, make my difficulty easy for me. This is an authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. He would make dua with this dua. Oh Allah, nothing is easy unless you make it easy. So make the difficult and make that which is troubling, make it easy for me. We see the similar motif in uh, the dua of Musa alayhi salam that oh Allah this task you're going to have to make it easy for me amri. so he begins with internal then he moves on to the external that he wants to make the path easy for him then the third thing now he does specify it's completely permissible to ask for something that is especially important by name by explicit amri qawli. now after the generic he then says oh Allah there's one particular thing I really need from you and of course the reason for this uh, our books of history mention when Musa was a child he was playing in the house of you know Fir'aun and uh, uh, Asiya the wife of Fir'aun and he, instead of picking up a date he picked up a, uh, a coal a heart burning coal he thought it was a date he picked it up put it on his mouth and it burned him and because of that he would speak with a lisp he couldn't speak clearly. So his tongue was burnt, so he would speak with the lisp. So he recognizes that in order to be an effective prophet, in order to communicate, he needs a very you know, powerful tongue. And uh, that's why he asks Allah for that specific dua. My tongue is tied up. This is the lisp that he had. I need them to understand what I'm about to say. This is another benefit of dua. When we make dua to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala we try our best to link everything we're asking to a benefit that is dini that is religious even though of course everybody wants like who has a lisp he won't want to speak normally but musa says ya rab this isn't for my ego this isn't to make me appear to be you know like better than everybody else ya rab i'm asking this so that i can convey your message to fir'aun so once again this is a type of we call it tawassul you use something to make your dua more powerful so you bring in a relationship ya rab for example, Ya Rab, make me wealthy so that I can be generous with the poor. This is linking something that everybody wants. It's nothing wrong to be wealthy, to have a good tongue, to speak eloquently. But then you say, Ya Rab, give me eloquence so that I can give da'wah to others. And of course, you had better live up to that because now you are putting a condition on there, right? So we don't want to be like the, the, the one in the Quran that he promised Allah if he would become rich, that he would be generous. And as soon as the riches came, he turned his back. So be careful of that as well. Nonetheless, the right 
righteous Muslim, he asks Allah for good and he links it to religious good. Ya Rab, make me eloquent so that I can give the da'wah to the best way. This also shows, of course, you are allowed to ask specifics. I said in the previous point, the best dua is generic. And so Musa begins with the generic. Oh Allah, make everything easy. Now, technically, Correcting the tongue is included in that. Technically, it is going to be made easy. But there's something that is very important and it needs to be specified. So yes, completely permissible. And Ya Rab, make my tongue completely normal so that I can speak eloquently, so that I can convey your message. Then, after he has asked the du'as that he needs, then he realizes that he needs help from other people. That subhanallah, we are weak by ourselves, we are strengthened by our brethren. When we have good company, that's why our Prophet said, when Allah wants to help a, a, a ruler, he gives him righteous entourage. The ruler has people around him that are good. When the ruler is good, Allah is going to bless that ruler to be good. How? By giving him a righteous entourage. A'wan, uh, people around him that are going to be righteous. And when the ruler is bad and corrupt, he doesn't want to be, uh, Allah does not want to, to uh, uh, bless him, Allah will give him even more corrupt people. And so the ruler is corrupt and everybody around him is corrupt. What's going to happen? So Musa understands, and this also shows us the reality of this world. You can't really do much alone. You need a team. You need a group of people. You need supporters. You need family and friends and you know whoever else is on that project with you. They better be on the same wavelength. And so Musa realizes that he needs some help. He needs spiritual help and physical help, and he trusts his brother. And one of, our, one of the classical earlier scholars, he said, no brother brought more good to his brother than Musa to Harun. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Musa with prophecy, that he made dua to Allah that his brother began granted prophecy as well. And this was an atypical situation in that as far as we are aware, that two prophets were not sent, you know, uh, to the same nation. Two brothers were not sent to the same nation as far as we are aware. So this is the barakah that Allah gave to uh, 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 our prophet Musa to make his own brother into a prophet as well. Not to the level of Musa. Harun was not, you know, uh, uh, to the level of Musa, but still because of a dua that Musa made and this also shows us the purity of heart of Musa generally speaking when we obtain a blessing we are selfish generally speaking you know if you were to be given you know a million dollars would the first notion be oh let me give and share with everybody else generally speaking we are created you know uh, to be wanting what we have not to share when Musa was gifted he wanted to share and this shows us the purity of the heart and so he and it also shows us as I said the need for help the need for a team that will support you so he says ya Rab I also want that uh, that uh, that I need a wazir from my family somebody I can trust somebody I know wazir is helper. I need a helper from my family. So Harun is my brother. So use him to strengthen, strengthen my affair, tighten my garment, meaning something that I need some help for. These are Arabic metaphors. I need more strength. Give me my brother Harun. And then why? So that, give me all of this. Give me internal strength. Make the path easy for me. Allow my tongue to be eloquent. Give me Harun. Now, he links all of this to what? So that we can worship you in the best manner. Once again, we talk about this notion of when you ask Allah something, you link it to a religious cause and that should be your niyyah. Ya Rab, strengthen me so that I can worship you better. Ya Rab, give me all of this so that I can do 
do your dhikr. Now, interestingly enough, three verses before this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that, uh, uh, establish the salah for my dhikr. So Musa understood that the highest goal of worship is dhikr. There is nothing more important than dhikr. Even the salah, it is a manifestation of dhikr. Now that he understands this, instantaneously, within a few milliseconds, he processes, and then he says, Ya Rab, give me all of this so that I can perfect your dhikr. That's what you wanted from us, right? So give me this strength so that I can perfect your dhikr. This also shows us out of the adhkar that tasbih is of the most powerful kay nusabbihaka kathiran wa nadhkuraka kathira tasbih is a part of dhikr tasbih is one manifestation of dhikr yet musa mentions it separately kay nusabbihaka wa nadhkuraka meaning the tasbih is the pinnacle or one of the main pinnacles of dhikr and that is why when yunus was trapped in the will what did he say wa nada fi dhulumati alla ilaha illa anta Subhanaka inni kuntum min In our Prophet said that Subhanallah tamla'ul mizan. Saying Subhanallah, it fills the entire scales. So Subhana is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful. Uh, as we said many times, there's not just one. You know, all Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, ilaha Allah, but all four are the, the main pillars of dhikr. I've given another khatr about that. So Musa says, And then he concludes the dua, innaka kunta bina basira. What is the the meaning of this conclusion you used to always be watching over us now that Musa is a prophet he understands every stage of his life was a purpose Allah was watching over him and this is linking Allah's blessings on him to ask for more blessings this is another type of tawassul let me repeat that what tawassul as we said is to bring something to make your dua more powerful. So you can make tawassul with your iman. Rabbana innana amanna faghfir lana. You can make tawassul with your good deeds. Ya Rabb, such and such a day, I did that deed. Please, you know, grant me this, like the people of the cave, if you remember. You can make tawassul with the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can make tawassul with the effects of your dua. That, Ya Rabb, give me all of this so that I can worship you. So there's multiple ways of doing uh, tawassul. So here we have another way of doing tawassul. And what is that? You mention a previous blessing that Allah has given you and you recognize that blessing and then you say, Ya Rabb, just like you were so generous then, be generous with me now. Okay, and this is we use this even in our own daily lives. Like you go to your close friend, you know, you know, you helped me out five years ago, and mashallah, you were so generous. May Allah reward you. I'm coming to you again. You know that type of notion of like you rec you, you admit and recognize. I appreciate what you've done, and because I appreciate and recognize, I'm coming back to you. We understand this in our own dunya. To Allah belongs the even more perfect example, and this is also we find it in the du'a of uh, Zakaria as well. Walam akum Ya Rab, you've answered all my previous du'as, so give me this du'a as well. Ya Rab, every du'a I ask you, you gave it to me. Now I'm asking you for a son. This is Zakaria. Now I'm asking you for a son. What tawassul did he use? He said, Ya Rab, walam akum rabbi shaqiyya. You were always giving me all of my du'as. I was never deprived of, of your answering my du'a, so don't deprive me of this du'a. Here we have over here as well, Musa is recognizing, Ya Rab, I see now, you were watching me every stage of my life. You protected me as a child. You brought me to the palace of Fir'aun. And then, uh, don't, we don't have time right now, I know you guys need to go. The next ayah, just read it. Allah is saying, yes, I did protect you. 
Look at what happened to your mother. Look at this, look at that. The whole ayah, Allah is acknowledging, yes, you're right, I did protect you. And this is how I protected you. He goes over bit by bit. So the point being, this dua of Musa, it teaches us what to ask for, and it teaches us how to ask for, and it teaches us the best mechanism to ask for it. And the beautiful point of this dua, actually, even though uh, the third phrase is about the, the tongue and whatnot, still we're allowed to make it because we're asking Allah for eloquence. So this dua can can and should be used by us for any affair of ours. It is that general that we can actually use it other than the last phrase of making my brother a prophet. We cannot use that one, okay? But the rest of that, it is so general, we can use it for any affair of ours. This is a generic dua and we can and we should use it for our daily affairs. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون والذين هم للزكاة فاعلون والذين هم لفروجهم حافظون إلا على ملكت أيمانهم فإنهم غير ملوم